Talk Back Matters from the Salvos. Everyone writes songs about New York. It's like there's drama in the water and music in the air. Everyone's just longing for New York. Time stands still in New York City. A while back in Ireland, a news article reported that immigration is not merely the dominant feature of Irish life, it's the greatest threat to the existence of the Irish nation as a coherent and cohesive whole. In Australia, the number of people arriving in boats illegally averages 5,000 a year. In America, Asians have overtaken Hispanics as immigration's new face. And we met an Asian Australian living in New York illegally when we were over there. He just wants to live in peace in the country that he loves. He arrived in New York in 1982, got a social security card, lives under the radar in Manhattan. He has no money to his name. He has an amazing story how he missed out on benefiting from the property boom in New York in 1997. He lives in a rent-subsidized apartment, even collects unemployment, all done as an illegal immigrant. He has no parents, no siblings, can't afford medication for his mental unwellness, and he took us to his studio apartment, which is the size of two bedrooms, to tell us his story. Yes, and why did you choose New York? We were from watching TV shows. From watching TV, you developed Dallas. Dallas. I love Dallas. <laughs> and so you... And did. my father had gone to, to, to Dallas okay. earlier in his life, and he, he said, oh, everything's so big there. Yeah. People are big. They wear big hats, Destiny hats. <laughs> and uh, I like John Wayne, and yeah. I wanted to be like John Wayne, big like John Wayne, and that's why I came to America. Mm -hmm. So then how did you get a job when you first arrived? I didn't. I went to art school. I had uh, an inheritance of $105,000. Right, right. You uh, were paying rent at the time, but then you bought a, a co-op. I bought the co-op in uh, 1991. 91, you bought the co-op. And how much did you pay for it? 175000 And was that a one-bedroom or a studio? It was basically an open loft. Open loft. You told me then that there came a point where you couldn't pay that anymore, so you had to sell it. Yes. How much did you sell it for? 175000 You sold it for the same amount? But I had to pay the broker. And when, what year was that? It was February, February 1994. Three years later? Yes. For the same amount? Yes. It didn't, the, the, the real estate thing didn't, didn't take off till 1998. And it boomed? 97, I mean. It, bo it boomed, yes. How much was it worth? It had started to climb. It didn't cl really climb until around September 11th. By then it was worth about uh, 700000 Right, and today it would be? Million. Wow. So then how did you get to the place where you got rental subsidy? My friend, mm -hmm. the person you spoke to yeah. last night, it's his apartment, he gave it to me for this rent. This one here? $400. $400. Half the price of my apartment. A month. He sort of won two lotteries, so he gave me one lottery ticket sort of thing, and this is the lottery ticket right here in my apartment. It's very complicated, but it's very simple. Uh, they give housing to the poor in New York City who cannot afford it, but there's a waiting list. There's 10,000 applications for one apartment, so it's wow. like winning the lottery. Yes. And he had won two lottery tickets, so he gave me one ticket. In other words, he gave me this apartment because he had gotten the other apartment. Right. This is good for me because I am more relaxed because of the three parks in my neighborhood. Yeah. I can go and, and visit nature and not be stressed out all the time. Yes. Because I have a problem with anxiety. Yes. I have problems with fear. But if I'm amongst, under the trees or whatever, the fear disappears. Yeah. 
So when was it that it became illegal then? Well, they turned down my uh, application for uh, amnesty, which was the, the uh, amnesty for the people who were in this country from 1982 on. I wanted to to get a green card. Yes. Okay, so I applied, and, uh, but it, was t- it got turned down in 1999. 1999? 1999. 1999. So it took 12 years to process. They lost the original file. Right. Can we and turn I, that fridge off somehow? Just momentarily. No, let's go to the window. Yeah, okay. So where were we? We were at, um, it was 1999 that it was processed. Yeah, yes, I had the letter with me, and then I kept applying to these lotteries for 10 years straight. This is the green card lottery. Yes, that's right. Yeah. I kept applying for these lotteries, but finally uh, I got this rejection letter from the government, and that, that made it uh, put me in a bad situation. The situation was this. It was like I had a tourist visa. Uh, if I overstayed my stay, for six months, I would not be able to get in the United States for three years. If I overstayed my stay for one year, then I would not be able to get back in the United States for 10 years. So I had to make a decision in 1999 whether I will stay in this country illegally or I will go to Australia. I wanted to go to the 2000 Olympics in Sydney and I wanted to go to Australia, but I had very little money here. The United States had, uh, I was in New York City, I had an apartment that was, the rent was low. I thought I could earn a great deal of money. I continued to work 70 hours a week, 80 hours a week, trying to save money. So I saved money. I saved 50% of, my, of the money I earned and threw it into mutual funds and all sorts of things. I don't have a bank account, but uh, I didn't have a lump sum that's large enough. You mentioned to me that you were getting unemployment. Um, when I was legal, I didn't get it. I, I started getting it once my finances got to a point where I started getting desperate because because of the uh, my med- my mental state yeah. had been deteriorating, and I got extremely depressed because of the, the fact that the United States that I love had turned against me and and would not allow me to stay here, and I got very bitter, and I stopped helping American people, and yes. I I just uh, what was once positive turned very negative. Okay, you know, and so I started taking unemployment benefits because I can because I have. The, all the documents I need to get yes. it. You said to me you applied for that online. Yes. It was that easy to get. I did everything honestly. Yes. I didn't lie. I didn't. I have a valid social security card that's issued by the United States government. The social security administration sends me the estimate of my retirement benefits to me all the time. How did you get your social security card? Because I was legal. You got it when you were illegal, and so that number never expires, that continues on. Yes. Okay, so how do you cover yourself health-wise? Well, that's the problem. I'm not covering myself well enough, and that's why I'm not, I'm not all my, I don't have all my medications, and uh, I cannot afford a psychiatrist. Yeah, right. And uh, my doctor, who is Russian, has given me the medications I need because he knows that I'm desperate. And he's not an American, so he doesn't care. Do I have a chance of being all that I'm striving for? If I find it still Melbourne outside my door. So I wrote a song about New York. And the dreams and swings and roundabouts and all that might have been yeah these steps i take may not lead to new york but i'm okay an illegal alien in new york 
John Doe we're calling him to de-identify, an Asian Australian. So many people are so desperate to make a new start in a country that will give them a dream future or just to escape the poverty they're in. So what are we doing to help them? What's our attitude like towards them? Author Brian Cluth was telling me that if we earn $50,000 or more a year, we're part of the 1% of the richest people in the world. In the New Testament, Paul wrote something to make us think how though Jesus was rich, yet he became poor for our sake, that through his poverty, we might become rich. And I don't think they were talking about money. Light and life, the Salvo's weekly radio show.